I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. Do you agree with me that Nance and Romo are just not a good pair? And I feel like those guys, separate from one another, I do think that Romo could be salvaged and saved. Because I still hear... He needs coaching. Well, but here's the thing. I think they look at him like McAfee, where it's like, don't coach him. They want him to be Barkley. They want just whatever pops into the guy's head, say it. They don't want to reel him in. The problem is it's what he says isn't funny or interesting like Barkley it's a big problem well but he still as you pointed out sometimes in the moment his observations I think sometimes is to be honest with you I think like offensive game management decisions I think he points those out better than 99% of color commentators okay don't call a timeout here go to the line of scrimmage and run a play or spike it or like those things, I think he's still great at, and there's a lot of value in that from a from a color commentator. He's yeah. I, listen, I agree. He he sees the game well. The problem is communicating it is the key for the broadcaster. And too many times he's doing mumbo jumbo. Stuff and, just comes out of his mouth, and I don't even think he realizes what he what he actually said until it's yeah. two minutes later. And it, Jim, Jim, Jim. I don't know, Jim, Jim. Like. Dude, take a stance. Give me an opinion. Let it breathe. He, It's just, I, he's not good. And well, I, I, I got to be honest with you. I didn't think, and I love Olsen. I didn't think Olsen did a great job with that, with those Lions decisions. I thought there was a lot of equivocating from both of those guys in those spots. Yeah, because he, he basically just said, don't second guess, was like his conclusion. What is yeah. that? That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want that take either. Yeah, no, I, don't I think agree. But but I I do think that Olsen, for the most part has shown to be very smart and most importantly prepared. Romo it feels like he was the flavor of the month. He was. I don't think they prepared. want Romo prepared. I think they're telling him paralysis by analysis is going to make it even worse. Well, well they're going to get what they asked for because he got a ten year, hundred eighty million dollar deal. Well, I think, and they'll never do this. I think he would do better with Ian Eagle. I think Eagle has the personality to play off of his goofiness better. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think Romo and Nance enjoy golfing and wine and each other's company. I just I I think Nance loves him. That that will never happen. It will never, ever, ever happen. What's gonna be interesting is what happens to Olsen if Brady and the reports are that he's serious about it, that he's going out to the Fox studios that he took Aaron Andrews out for like a three hour dinner to ask her questions about, I actually added the three hour part, but there was a part about him and Aaron Andrews going out for a meal. And he was like asking her broadcasting questions. And like, he's apparently preparing to call games next year. I don't know. Shouldn't no disrespect to Aaron Andrews. I think she does a fantastic job, but like, shouldn't he be taking Troy Aikman or someone who's actually done? Troy Aikman, was in it too. Out? 
Okay. Apparently, apparently Aikman is like giving him pointers. Like he he's apparently it was a Mike McCarthy story. He's apparently preparing to call games next year. So Greg Olson, where does he go? Because he's absolutely a number one analyst based on the current standard of today's analysts. So if Brady's getting all that money and they won't put him in the studio, it'll be Burkhardt and Brady. Do you get rid of Collinsworth at NBC? No. Do you get rid of Aikman at ESPN? No, no. chance. And Romo at CBS is the obvious candidate, but he signed a massive – dude, he gets $18 million a year. He basically gets a million a game, and he even gets a game or two off during the season. So I think Greg Olson, maybe Amazon says, you know what, Herb Street, you don't need to do both. And he goes to Thursday night football. That's your answer. I think that's the answer right there. I think that, I think what, in in my opinion, what should happen, I think Al Michaels has one year left on his deal with Amazon. I think you have, I think you don't force a new partner on Michaels for his last year. You let Michaels and Herb Street do the last year together. And then the next year at Amazon, Olsen does the number two game. You blow Daryl Johnson out of there. My God, that guy's been doing that for like 40 years. Or you move him down to the C or D game. Who cares? He'll probably do that anyways. He, I don't think he'd quit over that. And you have Greg Olson do the second game on Fox for a year. And then Amazon has a fresh new uh, team for the following season is what I would do. Yeah. He feels like he deserves better than that though. Like I, I want Greg Olson in the Super Bowl rotation, but I, well, I, then you get him. I mean, can you get him into the Peacock playoff game? And can you get him on those things too? I mean, I don't know how yeah. that would work, but yeah, he's grown on me. I thought he had a really good season. I'm a fan of his. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, you want to do a quick, have you seen the Super Bowl line and what's happened to it so far? I have not. I'm totally blind on this. I'm not lying to you. Um, I would guess that 49ers opened as a two and a half point favorite and the lines already come back close to even. Yeah, you're on it. Uh, open two and a half. They're now one and a half minus 110. Money line moved significantly. Niners open minus 150 and they are now uh, minus 115. Gonna, minus Mahomes is going to be an underdog three games in a row. Holy F, dude. Yep. Well, th- just a quick thought on this and this happened to me today. And I fell victim to this with both of my picks. What happened here is that the odds makers have their power ratings. They have their power ranking systems. They have their numbers. And the numbers have said all year that the 49ers and Ravens are the two best teams. Okay. But especially with San Francisco, if you've watched them for the last month, they haven't looked like that. Correct. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean they're an over team all of a sudden because their defense is is right, right. So so this spread is going to be based on that. But if you've had eyes and you've watched the last, if you've watched the playoffs, 
If you started watching the NFL with the playoffs, you would not understand the line for the Super Bowl. <laughs> it would make no sense to you. Yes, 100%. You would think Kansas City would be a three-point favorite, maybe more. And then when you actually factor in those of us that have watched Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy. I mean, you're going to hear about for two weeks. I'll, I'll just give you the I'll give you the betting narrative for two weeks. You're going to hear for two weeks that everybody is on the Chiefs. Every, every uh, common, every casual, novice, amateur better is on the Chiefs. And every quote-unquote sharp better has the 49ers. That's what you're going to hear for two weeks. The Chad Millmans of the world. It was for Chiefs Ravens. The Chad Millmans of the world are going to say all the smart, wise guys are betting the 49ers. But you look at like the breakdown of bets, and it's going to be a massive amount of betting on the Chiefs. Which is what, dude, Circa Circa hung five today. Chiefs plus five is where it got today. They had to get murdered. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think it was a good day for the sports books. I don't know that. I don't know that for sure. But Lions covering and Chiefs winning, they were two public underdogs. I know that there was a lot of liability on Ravens futures. So, like, some of the future stuff helped them out a lot. Um, but and maybe some liability on Lions futures, I would think, too. But also think about this now. The two favorites from the preseason are in the Super Bowl, right? Weren't these the betting favorites in the AFC and NFC before the season started? Yep. Dude, how often does that happen? With how unpredictable the NFL is year to year? Yeah. This has got to be one of the first times in – I'd have to go like every year and really think about that. But off the top of my head, I, I'm yeah, trying to the, think – Because the, the Niners were a favorite over the Eagles. You're right. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Um. Yeah. I, yeah, these, these were one and two. The Bucs weren't the favorite to win the NFC the year that they met the Chiefs in the COVID Super Bowl. They were a few down, even though they had Brady. I mean, it's the Rams weren't against the Patriots. The Eagles definitely weren't that year with Wentz and then Foles. I mean, you got to, the Falcons weren't in 16. I mean, you've really got to go back in time to find a matchup between two teams that came in as heavy favorites.